0: It's
1: time for The Rundown with Rob Sanders.
2: Well, we're waiting.
1: Into to the Rundown. It is the Tuesday edition here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Appreciate you joining us. We're going to head directly out to the hotline. Yesterday we talked about, what, Tigers and Orange Britches and Danny Ford and all kind of stuff with LaVon Kirkland. Today we'll get the Gamecock side of things as I welcome into the show former Gamecock wide receiver Tim Frisbee. Tim, thanks for joining us on the program today, today man. I really appreciate it. No problem.
3: What's going on there, Rob? Uh,
1: I don't know if you got your email, but we had our Thanksgiving feast here today at iHeart. So I, you know, maybe you can come. You should have came by and had some lunch, man.
3: Yeah, I should have come by well, Unfortunately, I had a dental appointment, so I would have missed out on that. But uh, appreciate the invite there.
1: <laughs> well, it's great of you to join us here today. You know, yesterday I had Levon Kirkland on, and uh, he he uh, he talked about his time in the rivalry series. Um, he actually experienced five games because he redshirted his freshman year, and uh, the Gamecocks won that game, and then he told everybody, we're not losing anymore as long as I play. And he's one of those guys that was actually able to do that as they won four straight after that. But he talked about each game and, and how each game meant something to him, and he could remember just a play here or a play there. Do you have that same kind of, of mindset when, uh, when you think about
3: your experiences in the rivalry game? Oh yeah well absolutely. I think everybody that's uh played in that game uh kinda has a photographic memory of uh you know what they did in that game and uh you know just when and where uh you know they played so yeah most definitely uh you know you have your uh, remembrances of how you were introduced to the uh uh the series and then uh of course your play
1: well and and once again you you went kind of a different road to get to uh the gamecock football team because um you' obviously you were up in the northeast uh growing up right
3: Oh, well, absolutely, yeah, I grew up in uh I Pennsylvania, actually grew up a penn state fan my uh brother attended and uh uh played sports at penn state so uh yeah always uh, you know grew up a great fan of them, but then uh when I came down here on my first tour in the military uh quickly became a Gamecocks fan that was during their uh uh black magic uh era, so obviously took them on as a second team and then uh, you know, later on, I, I'm playing for
1: him, and that's right. But uh, the big thing, though, that, that comes to that, though, is you get the the actual rivalry portion of the series. Uh, to step back a minute, though, up at Penn State, I mean, th- who was the big rivalry rivalry for Penn State, and uh, was that rivalry as heated as the South Carolina and Clemson rivalry?
3: Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, back then, we got to remember Penn State was an independent when I was growing up. Uh, So uh, they played uh, various teams. uh, uh, They played anywhere from Notre Dame to Nebraska to Maryland. But the big rivalry back then was a a year-to-year battle with Pitt, uh, which was the cross-state rival. And that was uh, something very serious. And that uh, obviously Pitt had great teams uh, during the 70s, too. They won national championships. Uh, Penn State uh, always contended for a national championship. So uh, those were some bitter, bitter rivalries.
1: All right, but your first taste of this rivalry—what do you remember? The first time that uh, when you experienced the rivalry for the for the Palmetto State.
3: Well, um, it's obviously it started when you set foot on campus at Carolina. I played obviously my first year for uh, Coach Lou Holtz, and uh, everything back then in the Carolina program was was beat Clemson. Uh, you go into the locker room, there were beat Clemson signs you, uh, on certain uh, pieces of your uniform equipment. Uh, there was beat Clemson. Uh, so everything was kind of geared towards that. Uh, so my first uh, introduction uh, was a season full of that. And then 2004 being my freshman year, obviously that was the fight year. Uh, so I was introduced in a big way uh, to South Carolina-Clemson rivalry.
1: All right, but uh, speaking of that game, and I was actually in the stands for that game, after that was over, going into the next season, you know, behind the scenes – was there a lot of um, of bitterness towards Clemson for you after the way that uh, Coach Holtz went out with that?
3: Well, more concerned, you know, for a way uh, we kind of sent Coach Holtz out. That wasn't a way for a, a a Hall of Famer uh, to end his career. So it was a little disappointment uh, uh, on us as far as uh, not only how we performed in the game, but then obviously uh, uh, an embarrassment for both teams. Uh, what happened on that field? Uh, so, um, I'm not as, I would say it was a much uh, you know animosity towards Clemson as there normally was, but uh, it definitely um, had you uh, get a, bit, a different perspective of what the, the rivalry should be.
1: All right, but then you had what? How many how many games did you experience in the rivalry? You had
3: what four, right? I, I played in three. Uh, experienced three of them: two thousand four, five, and six
1: what was your your biggest uh your biggest memory as far as uh when you were actually on the field in those games
3: well um, you know i, I remember uh, my first uh, at a, a freshman year uh playing and uh playing on both uh kick coverage and then as wide receiver and uh I remember coach Holtz tell, just telling me uh, go out and hit somebody in the mouth you know that was the uh the directive uh on uh, the kick coverage and then I remember my first play at wide receiver that game uh It was a run play. I knew the pass wasn't coming to me. So my guy was kind of uh, playing up uh, where he was going to jam me on the line. So I was at the advantage. I knew we weren't going to be passing. So I came off the line real fast and kind of knocked him on his butt because he was trying to jam me. And I had no intention of going out for a pass route. So I just plowed into him. So that that was kind of my first uh, uh, memory of the rivalry.
1: That's that's very petty, Tim, very petty.
3: Yes, it was, yes. But uh, it was uh, very satisfying.
1: All right, but then, as the um do you remember your your final game in the rivalry and uh, and, and how did that game end up? That was in two thousand and six, right correct right yeah, and I, I can't remember who won in two thousand and six. Can you please enlighten me
3: uh two thousand and six we won uh,
1: I, I I couldn't remember honestly, I wasn't trying to be a smart yeah as well. but yeah. with that game I mean it was good to go out as a senior saying, all right, you know my final my final time in the rivalry. You know, we uh, we managed to pick up the win.
3: Yeah, I mean, as as a uh, you know, that being uh, on my team, you know, you come in and you you have you have a a four year arc. Uh, some guys have five, some guys have six years, but uh, normally it's a four year arc of of how your team performs, and you never like to leave the rivalry uh, not having won a game, uh, which has happened in South Carolina in the in the past uh, five to six years, and also. Clemson previous to that so uh, you never want that to happen uh, that's uh, that's for sure
1: all right now of course you did get to play up at uh, at Death Valley uh, w- twice in the rivalry right correct D- this the you hear about uh, fans talking smack what's some of the worst smack you heard up there you had to hear something from the Clemson faithful
3: well I'll, I'll, I'll tell you it kind of starts uh, and this goes back to my freshman year but it, it starts because we don't actually stay in Clemson we stay in Greenville uh, right. I don't know if they still do, but that's how it was. We uh, stay in Greenville at the hotel, and then we bus over. Uh, so in the morning, as you bus in, you know, people are lined up all along the route, at least they did back then. And uh, you kind of get, uh, obviously, you get the, the fingers thrown at you, and you get mooned and all kinds of stuff on the way in. Uh, so I think, you know, the, you know that's all in in just the back and forth between the teams and uh it, it didn't really get too serious i guess the fight would be the most serious it ever got between uh the two teams while i was playing and maybe in uh most people's memories but uh you know once in a while you get things thrown on the field but more, for the most part it's a it's a pretty uh uh, uh good rivalry as far as uh, uh stuff being said back and forth obviously between players uh there's uh some tenseness sometimes and uh Things get set back and forth, but it's, there's really a lot of
1: mutual respect in the game. I, I want to talk a little bit about the fight for just a second. I know that it's not something that we uh-huh. want to happen, but um, where were you at when, when the actual fight started, and then where did you end up? Because it seemed like uh, you know you see the video of Coach Holt almost getting run over by people and uh, uh-huh. Yusuf Kelly kicking people on the ground and ripping people's helmets off. I mean, it, it was a disaster right. across the board for both teams. But where were you at when it started, and uh, where did you actually end
3: up? Right. Well, I, I was kind of right behind Coach Holtz uh, when uh, when everything started. And uh, he turns to me and he says, get some of these guys under control. I'm like, hey, Coach, what am I supposed to do? But so uh, we're trying to grab people, uh, uh, get them under control. And I remember uh, Charles Silas taking off towards the end zone. Uh he got involved with uh, Bobby Williamson down there in Enzo. I remember him taking off and me taking off after him, trying to kind of reel him in. Uh, but obviously that guy's too big, and uh, he kind of got ahead of me uh, down there and threw a haymaker, and there, there was all kinds of police and stuff going on down in the Enzo. But then I kind of migrated back up uh, towards Colt Holtz, trying to get people uh, back towards the sideline and uh, uh, just you know kind of set up a melee. And I, like I said, I was surprised as anybody that they kind of let the game continue from there but uh there were no further incidents and then uh you know obviously uh you know we we're able to leave the field under police escort but uh you know yeah what a day that was
1: that was just just terrible for for both programs uh, regardless of how you spend it I, and you right know, it it's it just shouldn't happen period oh
3: i agree but i agree and obviously it cost us both uh, bowl games that year and yeah. uh other ramifications so
1: all right, well, my final thing for you this afternoon, of course, uh, Tim Frisbee joins us from, he uh, is on the fifth quarter postgame show on News Radio 560 WVOC 103.5 FM as well. And I wanted to ask you about this week's game because, you know, all the talk is that it's going to be one-sided. You know, I was thinking about this last night as, as I drove home. All the mm-hmm. pressure is, is on Clemson. I mean, well, South, you, you, South Carolina yeah. can go out and ju- and just play. It doesn't really matter if if uh, if Helinski goes out there and plays like he, you know, it's going to be his absolute last game, and he throws four interceptions. Oh well, they still lose by thirty. But if he throws four touchdowns, it'll make it more interesting. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't necessarily believe all the pressures on Clemson just for the fact that. Look, they're, they're, they've established over the last couple of years they're a winning program. Uh, you know, right now they have things uh, going on for them. I don't think uh, they'll be too tight uh, going into this game. It's going to take a lot of things uh, to go the right way for Carolina and for Carolina to uh, take advantage of any opportunities that, that, that uh, are mistakes that Clemson could give them. So there's going to have to be a lot of things that go right. Uh, just for Carolina to stay in the game and be in the game. Uh, but, you know, Herm Edwards always said famously, you know, that's why we play these games, you know. you play to win the game. So, uh, uh, you know, everything right now, it, you know, looks Clemson's way. You, really, there's nothing we can really say bad about Clemson other, other than their uniform combination and their <laughs> schedule. There's not too much <laughs> you can complain about or even attempt to complain about Clemson. They, uh, you know, they, they... Very uh, worthy of being in the college football playoff picture, uh, everything going for him right now, and uh, I'm just hoping that uh, South Carolina can uh, can stay in the game, be competitive and uh, just show, show a, a good game for the state and for both uh, you know both teams. If
1: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At u S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Coach Muschamp asked you to come in and, and speak to the team. Uh, can you give us kind of a, of a dose of what that would be, of what you would tell the young men that are going to suit up in uh, the Garnet and Black On on Saturday and take on the Tigers.
3: Yeah, I I think basically I would tell them that look, you know, every year, uh, every uh, every year is a a new opportunity when it comes to this rivalry. Uh, This is a game you're going to remember forever. Uh, You don't again, you do not want to be that team uh, that sets any type of records and any type of loss. You don't want to be a team that uh, you're leaving this program after four or five years. Without a win against your our tribal. So, you know, take, you know, whatever you have to do, uh, play your best game out there today. I guess Notre Dame would say play like a champion today. But play <laughs> your best game, leave it all out on the field, and uh, what, you know, what comes of it comes of it. But do everything that you can in your power uh, to, to be competitive and uh, make a great game on Saturday.
1: My final question for you this afternoon Josh Kendall from the state newspaper reported uh, earlier this week, uh, and it was from the, the, the teleconference that. Uh, Coach Muschamp is tinkering with the offensive line. Do you think that's kind of silly,
3: game 12? Well, it depends on how uh, his guys have been practicing. Uh, If he feels that somebody could really be uh, helpful, if maybe they uh, have shown a uh, uh, consistency in the blocking or some some type of the game that uh, Coach uh, Muschamp wants to implement, uh, then maybe you you can have uh, some stability there as long as uh, it's not – too complicated for somebody new being plugged in. Uh, but, yeah, it could cause problems if, if it if it is too complicated and they don't pick up schemes. But at the same time, uh, what could it hurt at this point?
1: All right. Well, Tim, I will be uh, watching uh, at least the fourth quarter with you on Saturday here at the iHeartRadio studios here in uh, Columbia. Until then, man, we will check you out later on. Thanks for joining us today on the show.
3: All right, Rob. I appreciate it. And, uh, like I said, hope for a good competitive game happen.
1: All right, hey Tim, thanks so much, man. All right, Tim Frisbee joining us on the show. We appreciate that. Have a perspective from former Gamecock and a former Tiger. Two guys that uh that spent and, and uh chewed some of the same dirt. Uh of course uh Levon Kirkland played before, uh before Tim did, but they still both understand and appreciate the rivalry. I think the 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 big thing that I took away from uh from that call was uh First of all, uh, Tim trying to run, trying to run down the big lineman there. That's kind of funny. And then uh, Coach Holtz looking back to to Tim and saying, "Hey, get 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 control of some of these guys." <laughs> that's kind of funny too. <laughs> Imagine Lou Holtz saying that. That's kind of hilarious. All right. So thanks to Tim Frisbee for joining us on the show. Levon Kirkland joined us yesterday. Um, I have that. I have. I got to post that episode. I, I have forgotten to do it. I was so busy with all the other stuff I do here that I just kind of forgot to do it. But we'll have both episodes up today where you can uh, listen to uh, to uh, what Tim said if you missed some of it. And if you missed LaVon Kirkland's interview yesterday, you can check that out as well. All of that will be on the podcast, which is some good Thanksgiving listening. If you're, uh, if you're like me and the, my poor wife, she's always sending me out to get this little bit of seasoning or this thing here or that thing there. I feel like all I do is run around before Thanksgiving dinner. But that's what will happen on, uh, for me, I'll be listening to, to uh, I'll probably listen back to those interviews because they were some pretty, pretty cool stuff. All right, when we come back, I've got some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney, and we're going to talk about uh, something Coach Sweeney said last night, and then he kind of went back over it again today. And that is the issue with uh, the walk of champions that, uh, that goes on with, uh, with Clemson and how the student section didn't really like it. The last time they were here, water bottles thrown, things like that. We'll get into that and a lot more in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 course around the world in the iHeart Radio app. We will be taking off tomorrow and we will be taking off Thursday as well for Thanksgiving. Myself and Lawton Swan. So get your Swanee fixed today. He'll be up with us CST at CST show. Check him out or hashtag CST show at Clumps and Sports. I'm on Twitter at Rob SoundsGood. Some comments from Coach Davo Sweeney as uh, his team gets set up for South Carolina. Here's what he thought of the Gamecocks.
4: In South Carolina, uh, looking at them, you know, looking at uh, their offense. I'm really impressed with their quarterback. I think he's going to be a very good player for them. He can throw the football. Uh, he makes a lot of uh, very accurate throws. Uh, he's got the ability to push the ball down the field. He's a big kid, uh, and again, he's a freshman, uh, kind of getting thrown in there this year. And, uh, but he's a tough, tough young man, and I think a guy that's got a bright future for sure. Um, they got uh, uh, really really a whole stable of running backs. Uh, these running backs are, are, are a good group, a very good group. Uh, Rico's had a, a great year. He's a very good runner. Feaster's had an excellent year for him as well. Uh, obviously, we know all about him. Uh, but I think the number 20 kid uh, that, that, that they've played here as of late, too, I think he's a uh, another big back that's a good player, uh, you know, a big loss for him uh, with, with Edwards out. If he's not going to play, he's, he's, he's had a phenomenal career and, uh, you know, really uh, a, a good football player and a guy that they use in, in a lot of different ways. But uh, several other guys that are, that are maturing at receiver, uh, Shaw Smith's a great football player. Uh, we're very familiar with him. He's, a, he's a, a dangerous guy, especially with the ball in his hands. And then uh, you know, uh, assuming they'll get Ortrey back as well, another big body. So they got a good group of receivers, some big-bodied guys, um, and uh, you know, uh, a solid group. But I think injuries have been a factor for them, obviously. And again, when you lose a guy like Brian Edwards, that's a that that doesn't that doesn't help you. Um, but uh, they're doing a lot of different things on offense, so it's, it creates a, a a strain on you because you. You know, it's really hard to kind of know what their identity is because I think they've had, to, they've had to find ways from week to week uh, as they've had some injuries and things like that uh, to, to move the ball. And uh, so they've, they've played uh, seven in there at some. They've done, you know, some, some uh, you know, run game, quarterback run game things. They, they've, you know, trick plays, a uh, little bit of everything. Uh, ball comes out quick. Uh, they'll get into a lot of empty, a lot of formations, a lot of shifts. So, just for us, we've got to line up well, uh, something we really didn't do a good job of last year and uh, and play with great discipline and, and execute uh, at a high high level uh, so and it's going to start with trying to you know stop the run game uh, and pressure in the quarterback so uh, but again, um, you know a group that 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 I think uh, has has got a good future, uh, especially with their quarterback, uh, looking at their defense, uh, definitely the strength uh, for them. This is a very good defensive line, uh, very good defensive line. These guys are, have been battle-tested. Uh, I think Threes is as good a player as you're going to see in the country. I think he's a really good football player. Uh, who's, they've done a great job developing. He is big and strong and long uh, and does a great job with his hands. Uh, got a good motor. He's affected every single game that he's been in. Um, I think the same thing. You know, 95 is a good player. I think both their ends uh, are good players. Eight is a is a, a outstanding prospect. They've got some good leadership at linebacker, um, but they've had a couple injuries on that side as well. Uh, like both their corners, I think both these corners are very good football players. Uh, 24 is he's a six four kid you know, out there playing corner. He's gotten his hands on a lot of balls. He's got great length, and then JC Horn is a, is a is, is definitely one of the better corners that we've seen. He's a down-in, down-out player, a very consistent. He's a tough kid, good tackler. Uh, so, you know, good group. But, but again, for us, uh, just excited about getting back on the field, excited about the week. Again, this is a, a wonderful week in all of college football. I think it's one of the things that makes college football so much fun, uh, games like this all over the country. Uh, but uh, for us, our focus is just really simple. It's on finishing strong. And, and playing our best four quarters of the season this week, and uh, really nothing else.
1: Coach Dabo Sweeney this afternoon at his teleconference, or not his teleconference, Rob, his actual press conference for the uh, the South Carolina and Clemson game coming up this weekend. And I've got one more clip that I want to play for you from that. And the reason that I want to play it is because it's something uh, I posted last night on my blog page at foxsportsradio1400.com and on my blog page it was it was a it was coach Sweeney's comments from uh, the Tiger Tiger calls which of course you can hear on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and it was about the incident with you know two seasons ago where South Carolina students threw things on the field just stuff like that happening at Williams-Brice Stadium and there was uh, some comments made by Todd Ellis that they put the students in a in, in a tough spot and it's kind of uh kind of sad when when it comes down to that to be completely honest with you but coach Sweeney was asked about the walk of champions and it it's something that angered angered some people down at williams Bryce stadium um but we'll get you coach Sweeney's comments and I'll tell you what I think about it here Actually, we'll do those comments in uh, on the other side of the break here. I don't have enough time to play the whole thing, but that's the big thing with uh, with these comments that uh, the walk of champions apparently gets people angry. And me personally, I, I don't think that uh, I've been to a ton of college football games, been to pro football games, baseball games, whatever. I've never understood people throwing things on the field. Never understood it. It's just silly. Okay? You know, you can laugh and giggle about stuff that happened years ago. Positive Mike was calling up yesterday saying that they were throwing zero bars on the field. Okay. I get that. But it's, in the end, do you really want to do that? It just doesn't make any sense. But the Walk of Champions basically... The Clemson team gets arm-in-arm, and and they walk from the 50-yard line to the end zone. It's just that the end zone, and then they go into the locker room. So they walk from the 50, basically arm-in-arm, into the end zone, and then into their locker room. And apparently that upsets some people. So Coach Sweeney was asked about that. We'll have those comments when we come back. But I don't see what the absolute big deal is. They're not being disrespectful, in my opinion. I mean, they're walking, they're just walking together to their locker room. Now, Gamecock fans have been, especially on my Facebook page last night, were lit up about it, saying that it's disrespectful, they shouldn't do it. No, 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 that's ridiculous. Yeah, that kind of thing. So we'll take calls on that this afternoon. Do you think that... The walk of champions is something that is, well, do you think it's something that is disrespectful if you're a South Carolina fan? Clemson fans are pretty much over the top, and they don't get it. They just don't get it. No other stadium in the country has there been a problem with this. But they have the one incident there, and you have to wonder, are we going to have the same thing happen on – saturday afternoon i wonder if that's going to happen or not so we'll talk about that and we'll get coach sweeney's comments on that in just a moment you are listening to the rundown this is fox sports radio 1400
0: what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to
1: The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Appreciate you joining me here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app, some great stuff to get into today. We are going to go with uh, this comment from Coach Davo Sweeney today. And Coach Sweeney talking about uh, the remarks uh, made about the Walk of Champions. And it's kind of interesting uh, where uh, where Coach Sweeney goes with this. But uh, here's some comments from uh, the head ball coach up at Clemson there.
2: Coach, I know you addressed this in your polling show last night. Just Todd Ellis's comment saying it puts USC fans in a bad spot when you do the Walk of Champions referring to 2017 when you were down there just your thoughts on that type of comment <clears> at <throat> the Champions. well there's
4: really not much else to say i mean i think that's ridiculous i mean uh, 2015 2013 2011 2009 2007 to 2000, i mean that's that's what that's what Clemson's done for 17 years uh, that i've been here and it's and again it's it's just ridiculous uh, it's it's not any type of taunting it's a it's a unity thing for our team uh, It's something we do every single game home if it's something we just did on the road, you know I could see that. But this is who we are. It's what we do, and uh, I don't think anybody should be distracted by how a team warms up, uh, how uh, how a team gets themselves ready to play a game. You know, uh, I think. You know, bottom line is you, you know you can yell and scream and holler. I think that's just part of it. But when you start throwing things at people, it's all fun and games till somebody gets their eye knocked out. And uh, you know that's why I got frustrated a couple years ago and really lost my cool, got a penalty, you know. But, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a guy, there's a major lawsuit in the NFL, a guy threw a flag and hit a guy in the eye, you know, a flag, and, and about blinded the guy. Now all of a sudden you got uh, things coming out of the stands, you know, whether it be bottles or batteries or whatever it may be. That's just, it's just that's not good. And, and, it's, and it's not, listen, I know a bunch of great South Carolina people. I've got friends that are South Carolina people. It's not representative of who they are. Uh, it's just it's just a few people that that uh, you know uh, just don't handle themselves the right way. You know, I mean that's that's it's it's great spirit. You want to have a great spirited competition. You want to it's a rivalry game. You get that it's emotional, but but that's that's dangerous, and it's just not something that that you should do. Uh, and but to suggest that uh, it could be okay because of something that a team's doing it, I mean that's ridiculous. Uh, that, that basically, when somebody's flipping me a bird, that means I can throw something at them, uh, you know. And I get a lot of those. Uh, I get a lot of those. Not just South Carolina. I get them in a lot of places. Uh, so, you know, it's it's just again. There's there's a there's a, a lot of stuff. But I think sooner or later, you know, people have to be adults, and uh, it's a game. This is a game, and I know it's important. It's an important game for both sides you know everybody's passionate about it uh but there's right and there's wrong and and we shouldn't lose perspective uh because of our passion for a game
1: coach davos sweeney talking about the walk of champions and uh we'll take your calls on that and what the coach said there at 803-978-1832 803-978-1832 is the number to call if you want to join us here on the rundown this afternoon and talk about the uh the big stuff there with uh with coach Sweeney and the walk of champions i think people just need to behave to be completely honest with you i'll tell you what uh we will pivot for a second and go to coach Will Muschamp um he had his press conference today and uh, and broke down the Clemson
2: game clemson week uh kickoff here at noon uh brice bright stadium uh you know obviously uh, honored to be a part of one of the great rivals in college football very important to our state and important to the University of South Carolina. And and uh, we had a good practice this morning, guys bouncing around. They feel uh, that vibe during this week, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, got a good football team led on offense by Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's completing right at 70% of his passes. You know, a guy that can obviously hurt you with his legs. He's a really good athlete. They use some of the zone read and some of the designed quarterback runs. But uh, elite arm talent uh, can make all the throws. Just really impressed watching him and a, and a really competitive guy when you turn the tape on. At running back, Travis Etienne, is a is an outstanding player, a uh, guy that's got really good vision and, and sees a hole and hits things north and south and has been very explosive for them also as a receiver. Uh, but in the run game and Lynn J. Dixon's done a nice job for him from Georgia. Big very big long athletic group at wideout. Uh, you know, T. Higgins and Overton and Ross, Frank Ladson and uh, Nagata are all six three, six four, two hundred plus guys that uh you know, do a great job of attacking the ball down the field. Amari Rogers is not as big, but is a stature-wise a, a, a muscle guy in the slot and does a nice job for them. Uh, but they've got a, a talented bunch outside, and offensive line's athletic and talented. And Robbie does a great job with those guys. Uh, Trey Ankrum, the right tackle, is uh, very athletic the left side of their line. Uh, John Simpson and uh, Jackson Carmen, have done a really nice job for them. Offensively, defensively, you know, really as you start to watch the tape, I think your eyes kind of drift to the back end. Uh, you know, obviously with D.K. and A.J. Torrell, two really talented corners that can cover man-to-man, have good instincts in zone, have made a lot of plays for them uh, this year. Uh, the safety position, and, and Brent's done a good job of, you know, commingling those guys in some different areas. Tanner Muse, is obviously Nick's brother's been there. A uh, guy's play, logged a lot of time. He and uh, Kevion Wallace uh, are, are two guys that uh, have made a lot of plays for those guys, played a lot of football. And then Denzel Washington and Nolan Turner, are two guys as well that have played a lot of football for him, and they put him in some different packages to get those guys all on the field at the same time, but the one guy that stands out is Isaiah Simmons, six four, two thirty. 230, uh, plays anywhere from defensive end to linebacker, deep safety, can, is a good blitzer, he's got really good instincts off the ball, can play man-to-man, uh, but he is a vast skill set uh, and a long-rangey guy that gets his hand on a lot of balls, and he's a a ball hawk type of guy, but a really good football player. And then they, you know, they rotate and play a lot of guys up front. And, uh, they, you know, obviously losing the front they had last year, and uh, they've done a nice job there. Injury-wise going in the game, Brian Edwards is questionable. He did a little bit today. Um, you know, he had a scope last week. Uh, so we'll see how he continues to progress. Obviously he's a guy that's not going to need a lot of snaps, you know, and, and that such, but uh, we'll see how that continues to progress. Kobe Smith still got a little bit of an ankle from the A&M game. Didn't do a lot today. We're going to see what he can do tomorrow. And other than that, we should be good to go for the game. And i open up for any questions. Well, how are Feaster, Denson, or yeah. Trey, some of the guys that missed A&M. All practice today. All good to go.
1: Coach Mushchamp at his press conference today. And uh, the big thing there at the very end is that he talked about the uh, injuries and how uh, it looks like Feaster is going to be able to play and will we see brian edwards i don't know i don't know i don't know uh i'm not a doctor if he had his knee scope last week the and he can go out there and run around and cut and do stuff this week then he is a better person than i am but you never know with his injury or whatever and you know you got to think there's drive in that young man to want to go out there and actually um be able to finish out his career because he's had a had a heck of a career for the, uh, the South Carolina football team. All right, we'll take your calls on what Coach Muschamp said, and we'll take your calls on Coach Sweeney as well with the walk of champions. Is it a big deal? Is it not? Do you think the student section is going to behave on Saturday? I don't know. We'll see. I think half of them may have been gone for Thanksgiving. But I just wanted it to be a civil game. I think that's what would be best. Breaking news from the NCAA. I'll have that for you when we come back. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen, the NCAA is at it again. Think about this for just a minute. I know my children don't have school tomorrow. My wife is a teacher. She will not be teaching tomorrow. The big thing around my house is can we get our house, uh, you know, field-dated and squared away, all that good stuff, because we're having the family over for Thanksgiving on Thursday. But everything centers around Thanksgiving. I noticed this morning my buddy, Jonathan Reynolds, former uh, host here on Fox Sports Radio, he's taking a 12-hour car trip to New Jersey. God bless him on that. All right? But... Everyone is kind of out of their element right now. Not a lot of people are in the, maybe following what's going on in the news world right now. Okay? And that's when the NCAA decides to act again. The NCAA picks on programs. It does. The Blue Blood programs, the NCAA doesn't want anything to do with them. North Carolina, of course, we can talk about there what they did with... The academic stuff and basically um, their African-American studies program was a lot of it was uh, for athletes that they would go through that and not even show up to class and they'd still end up with a degree. Nothing from the NCAA. Why? Because North Carolina said, oh, we'll just sue you. How's that going to work out for you? And the NCAA is like, "Uh, no, nothing happened. South Carolina gives for extra frosting on a cupcake. And they get on probation. It's, it's, a, it's um, one of those, you know, silly NCAA rules. But I bring this up today because the NCAA announced today that Mizzou, who got in trouble for basically a rogue tutor, is going to have a full year's sanctions as far as they're, they're not going to be able to go to the playoffs. They're not going to be able to, uh, for, it's for what, baseball, basc- or baseball, softball, and football. Now, I don't agree with the NCAA's decision. I think they're wrong. If you've been following the case, and uh, I'm going to uh, get my folks from the Mazadcast who've been definitely following it, go and follow them on Twitter right now. Twitter is exploding. From the Mazzotcast, at themazzotcast.com is uh, their website. But, uh, and you can follow them at Mazzotcast on Twitter. But go and check that out. But uh, it's basically, they had the appeal four months ago. And my big problem is is that the NCAA, they don't tell you when they're going to come up with their ruling because you're not important to them. Unless you're threatening to sue them, they don't care. Okay. But it comes back down to this, and it's really simple. The NCAA um, basically said, no, you get all the sanctions that we hammered down from before. Sucks to be you. But they waited until 1 o'clock today, where the majority of the country is not even paying attention, for the most part, to what's going on. And this is going to get lost in the news cycle. No one will care. Okay, You probably won't hear about this unless you're listening to the program until Mizzou and Arkansas play on Saturday. So here's the thing. You'll hear it then. And Mizzou, if they win that game on Saturday, then they would be eligible for a bowl. But they will not be eligible for a bowl. And they waited this long to do it. And they did it because, in my opinion... They know what they're doing is wrong. That's why they buried it in the news cycle. Because guess what? When you do care about it next week, next Saturday or whatever, you're looking at this and then they're oh, well, we handled that on Tuesday, sorry. Oh, you were traveling with your family. Oh, that, that sucks. But the NCAA is an absolute disaster. There is nothing good about the NCAA. All the stuff they talk about where, well, we do this for we do this for athletes and everything else. You see where they, they spend the money on the commercials just during the March Madness tournament. Yeah, that, that's what's going on with the NCAA. They want you to think that they care, but in reality, if you're a blue blood, they care about you. They'll look out for the North Carolinas of the world. They'll look out for several other programs that are considered the blue bloods. But if you're a team like Mizzou or a team like South Carolina and they can have a chance to uh, to make an example out of you, they're going to do it. And they don't care. They just don't care. A couple of comments today from, uh, we'll start with Mizzou's football coach, Barry Odom, who will probably not be the football coach there on Monday. <laughs> they're going to Fire that guy, I think. But uh, here's his comments. I hate the news for our program and for our seniors who have represented the university in a very positive way. This decision negatively impacts their short experience in life as a college student, um, as college student-athletes, who had nothing to do with the situation. It's a tough lesson to be dealt, but they will learn from this and motivationally use it later in life when hardships come along. Yeah, (laughs) that's not exactly what uh, the—what— They wanted to hear. But it's just a mess with the NCAA. And I I don't agree. Even if you don't agree with the ruling, why, why do you make them wait until two days before Thanksgiving to tell them? You probably call the NCAA today. I bet there's nobody there. We should do that live on the air one day. Just call the NCAA and tell them, hey, you suck. Because you do. Stop playing with people, because that's what you're doing. We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. And I know you're sitting in your car, and you're thinking, well, Rob, I don't care about Mizzou. But you know what? The next time it may not be Mizzou. It may be your program. You're a Clemson fan, a South Carolina fan. You're not blue blood enough for them. You're not the North Carolinas of the world. They don't care. They truly don't care. They'll hang you out to dry in a nanosecond. That's why you should care now and, I don't know, tweet at the NCAA. Start with the public outpour on this. Mizzou should be... The rallying cry for everyone. If you're a fan of a Power 5 team and you're not one of the Blue Bloods, Mizzou should be who you rally around. I'm not saying you should cheer for Mizzou, but I'm saying you should take Mizzou's case and put it out there and say, you know what, this is wrong. Absolutely wrong. 803-978-1832, 803-978. 1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us this afternoon on the rundown, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think I said this on the show, wouldn't it have been interesting? And Mizzou's kind of been off the rails this season. But what if Mizzou was at, a, at this point in the season, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot with Wyoming and a couple of other games they lost, what if Mizzou was 10-1 right now and right in the heart of the college football playoff? Yeah, people would care then. People would be clamoring then. You SEC apologists would be losing your mind if the team from the East couldn't go to uh, the SEC championship game because of what happened with Mizzou. And you know that you would, but since they're 5-6, and six, you don't care. we got to fix our priorities, folks, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Alright, so with that, let's leave on a positive note this afternoon. In case you're wondering, tomorrow night in the Sanders household, we will be watching a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. And we'll be baking pies. And then our Thanksgiving, we don't do it like dinner. We have we're having lunch on uh on Thanksgiving Day. So we'll uh all gather around, have the family of the home, and We'll have Thanksgiving dinner, and then uh, Thursday night, we generally play cards. That's kind of what we do. I hope you have your family traditions, and I hope you do all of them, and I hope you enjoy them. Remember, life is too short. Make sure you're polite to family members, even though they annoy you, because, you know, you're going to wake up one day, they're all going to be gone. I remember my grandma telling me that. But anyway, happy Thanksgiving to you folks. I'll be back on Friday. We will pick against the spread as we wrap up Rivalry Week. I'm on Twitter at Rob Soundsgood. Clemson Sports Talk is next. We will see you on Friday.